For my whole career, I've used D'Addario strings. This is the one that I use live with Megadeth, and I love it. I've been with D'Addario my whole career, even when I was playing bass in Van Halen, because that's what Dad would play, D'Addario for life. And I say it right, D'Addario. Chris Keys for from your guitar today. I'm joined by Mud Honey. Starting off with Steve. Steve, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for uh, joining us. I know that you guys have a short window of time to talk gear, but we're uh -huh. very thankful for it, so we're going to take advantage of it. Right on. Let's talk <coughs> about, uh, we talked quickly off camera that this is a new acquisition. Tell me all yeah. about it. Well, um, I wanted to get a, I needed a guitar that had a, a vibrato bar, Bigsby. I wanted a Bigsby because uh, on the new album, uh, I didn't. I use one, and I, did, I actually don't really have a guitar with really? a Bigsby at home, so that was kind of the goal. And I have friends at Fender, and uh, I was looking at their latest catalog, and this was like brand new, I think, at the time. Yeah. And uh, I loved it, because it's just a knockoff of a Silvertone from the 60s, which is hilarious for a yeah. Fender to do, I think. And I don't know if they've ever had a Bigsby actually on a Fender before that was that kind of a custom thing. I see a, a lot of tellies with them. Yeah, the tellies, but nothing. I don't know if yeah. they've had anything with the offsets. Yeah. Those are normally like their, their style or like a mastery bridge yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, But uh, I saw this and uh, demanded one. <laughs> no, no, you <laughs> begged, I begged for one, more, more like it. <laughs> begged, pleaded, yeah. and it, it had received. Yeah. Now you it's, told me that it, you were, uh, I don't know if it was inspiration or if it was almost a, a uh, solidification of your selection because you saw uh, Carol Burnett. Oh, that, that was just recently. I saw a little clip of Carol Burnett and and her on her comedy show back in the day, pretending to be the Beatles, and she was playing one of the uh, Silvertone versions of this. You know, and I was like, ah, it's perfect. You know, but it's a weird Fender because the neck is nothing like a Fender. It's got fat frets like a Gibson or something. It's it doesn't feel like a Fender to me. Yeah. What's your been, uh, your relationship with it so far? How have you bonded with it? Do you I like enjoy it. the pickups and yeah, all yeah. the quirks? It's, it's a little brighter than my uh, Guild, um, but you know, uh, yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Has there anything that you changed to it or updated? I, I took it in for a total setup gotcha. and kind of trimmed off the edges of the frets here a little bit because oh. they're pretty pointy and hurdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but that's uh, it, yeah. What strings are you uh, using on this? Uh, well, we get three strings from uh, the people that make wah-wah pedals. Dunlop. Dunlop, yeah, we get strings from Dunlop, so I use those right now because I, I have a bunch of them. But they're, I guess, changed. I just went to a, a slightly thinner string, uh, 48 to 10 now. Okay, because I, I, I believe you did an interview with our, our old colleague, Sean, at the PG, and I think at that time you were using 10 to 52s. Yeah, we used those for 25 years, probably. Really? And Mark actually went to an even skinnier string. Uh, but I, I didn't want to go too far down. Like, I don't know, man, that's going to start feeling weird. Now, being, so I went down a little bit. Now, being married to that, that set, the 1052s, did you really, was there a learning curve or an adjustment to the 48? Not really, yeah. no. I, I did notice it would, if I hit it too hard, it kind of was dying a little bit more than the yeah. 52, you know. Um, but I also use a little thinner pick now as well, so. Is it, and then that's just probably the relationship with the string or just yeah. trying to make it a little easier for yourself to play? Well, I think it's just the, the size of the strings, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm trying not to break as many strings. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a problem with that through the years. <laughs> now, what uh, should we know about tuning that you use on this one? I tune standard. On, and and yeah. the Gill too? Yeah. Mark's got the um, slide tuning on one of his okay. that he can better explain to you. <laughs> well, should we move on to the Gill? Because I know that's, that's a guitar that you've used for a while and people, people yeah. would be uh, re we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Well, I've had two of these uh, Gills for the last 20, I, don't know, I guess I got them around 2002. And uh, I really love them. But I didn't think it would actually work for Mud Honey at first because I'd always used solid bodies and yeah. I used a lot of fuzz. But uh, I took it to practice almost as a joke to see if it, I was like, I'm just going to blow out the basement yeah. you know, room that we're in. And it, it worked. You know, I, it took me some finessing to figure out where to stand in relation to the amp and stuff, yeah, you know. And, I bet. And, but uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a short learning curve. Yeah, and I'm sure, it, did you do anything to, like, sometimes people put stuffing, uh, Oliver Wood for Wood Brothers that's no. here in Nashville, he put, he put tidy yeah. whiteys in there. <laughs> no, the, this is a... Embrace the howl. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it, like I said, I kind of, I turned the, the level of sustain down on the Big Muff and yeah. stuff when I'm using this one, and it, it works fine. It definitely squeals a little bit, but and a little squeal is fine. Yeah, us. I mean, it's part of, kind of part of the sound. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> definitely. What should we know about the pickups? Because I assume this is a 1960s. This is a, I have one 68 and one 67, and I'm not sure which one is which. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're quite a bit different. This one is my favorite of the two. It's heavier, and uh, it's got better uh, tuners as well. There's a different style of tuner on the other one. They're both original, but they're just a little bit different. And I'm sure the pickups probably even sound different too. Yeah, the other one doesn't squeal as much, so that's why you know. it stays home. Well, I use it in the studio too. You know, I, I like them both, but this is the one that's like more road dog for yeah. me. And what should we? Do you ever use uh, all three pickup positions? Obviously, there's a three-way there. Are you in the bridge and neck? Yeah, I, I usually use the bridge on this one, and same with that one. But a few times for solos, you know, I'll, I'll take it to the neck. I used to only use the neck position on my Mustangs. Really? Back in the early days, yeah. But these ones, this is a pretty deep guitar already, you know? Yeah. Um, very woody, I guess. So, uh, you know, usually I, I keep it to the bridge and pull down the uh, treble a bit. All right. And uh, Thunder DeVille, I know that this is, I don't know if this is the exact one that you use in the studio, but I know that you've recorded with a DeVille for, yeah. for a while. I, I use this. Uh, my original amp, when Mud Honey started, I had a 65 Super Reverb. I still have it, but it's really fragile. It's not road worthy. And that was probably one without a master volume? Yes, yeah, yeah, blackface, yeah. I, I don't like the master volume ones as much. I, you know, I just go through the channel that I don't have to use the master volume okay. on this. But when they reissued the, the Super Reverbs, like maybe 10 years ago, whenever it was, I don't know, I tried out a few of them thinking I'd just get one of those for the, for the road and stuff, and I didn't like them. And they were all different. I tried out probably six or seven. They were all different. What, what didn't you like that was uh, displeasing? I, it guess what? They, they didn't sound as good as these, because I've, I've used these on tour a lot. This is a 410 model, so it's, this sounds more like my old Super Reverb than okay. the modern Super Reverbs to me. So I got this. I guess traded in a, a twin and got this. It's funny, because those are a workhorse. I mean, it's a tube amp, but it's, yeah. it's like on the lower level of their, their price range. But oh, it's, definitely. It's, it's a workhorse. I can't afford those custom shop things, man. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, you got the Fender here, or you got the, the Jazzmaster here. So yeah. I figured, like, you know, put another yeah. request in. <laughs> yeah, they'd, you know, I'd get the artist discount, you know. It doesn't go that low. And those, those things, I mean, I've used some of the Fender custom shop amps on the road just kind of randomly. Uh -huh. like they, and they're amazing. You know, but I just can't afford it. Yeah. Well, can we actually have you plug in to the guild and, we'll, and then you can take us through your pedal board? Sure. 
uh, as you do that, I, I see a friend that is synonymous with the band and specifically you with the Big Muff. Yep. And I'm sure, as you've detailed in plenty of other interviews, you've tried them all from and A I, to Z. Yeah, but, I, but I get a lot of people making muff. me. Yeah, I, you know, the, the Big Muff, you know, I had the, my original Big Muff I bought brand new in 1984. There was a stack of them on sale for like $25 each. And it must have been one of the last ones they made, the last versions. Um, but that's what I was used to. It was like a little bit creamier than okay. some of the earlier ones. So I bought, I then started buying other earlier ones. And uh, I noticed I liked my original one that wasn't as vintage as, the, you know, compared to the vintage ones. And this one sounds the most like the first one I had. And they're really predictable and they're cheap. Yeah. You get one, like, what, 60 bucks or something? Yeah. And I mean, they break, uh, you know, pretty easily, but... Uh, they sound great to me. That's the genius of Mike Matthews. He'll make crazy pedals that we all love, but you know, we have to replace them. Yeah, and, but yeah, I mean, the, I, I love electroharmonic stuff, so you know, I'm, I'm a fan. Before we go any further, I, I do want to just try to pin you down. What, what did you like about that first Big Muff that, and that you've kind of always been chasing and looping around it and either coming back to it or you have this iteration? It had, it, you know, I was really influenced at that point by, you know, the first couple Stooges records and, uh, Blue Cheer, like some of the oh, heavy, yeah. heavy psych stuff. And that sounded the most like Blue Cheer out of anything that I'd, I'd played through. Yeah. So that, that was kind of it for me. And that's kind of like where <laughs> yeah. you've been circling the drain yeah. since. Yep. Well, and, and, you know, so many people use Big Muffs and so many different people use them differently. Yeah. You know, I know uh, Billy Corgan is really famous for using one, but yep. I wouldn't have ever known that until I read that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> of course, Jay. I mean, there's tons Jay, of people. Yeah. yeah, tons of people that love the Big Muff. Yeah. Uh, can, can we actually start in there? Can we actually hear how you have it set up? And run it through the guild. Sure. Let me uh, let me alter it a little bit. That it wakes that Devil up, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. Yeah, but I mean, they, I, to me, it it's, sounds great. And you know, there's other people that make you know really great boutique ones, yeah. like Tim uh, Guitars down in, in uh, Brisbane, Australia. He's made me some custom ones that are awesome. Uh, some other people have too. Yeah. But uh, I still, for touring, I always go back to the, this simple one. Yeah, I'm sure in the studio you guys just have piles. Yeah. Of yeah. There's so much stuff. We just kind of see what you know. We, we want to get a little bit of dynamics and you know change yeah. <laughs> different tones <laughs> so uh is there anything special we should know about ordering like what, what kind of pedal order do you have okay this is where i i've never had a, a pedal board like this before okay this is kind of new both me and mark are kind of new to the pedal board thing and i had my buddy hank that owns hank uh, music exchange in portland oregon set this up for me so i'm not exactly totally sure of the order okay i basically said you know i wanted these three in a row here. And then he was suggesting how to make the order of these ones best. Like he was saying somehow the, the phase 90 it, it should Reaction be, should be set. Yeah, so I was like, okay. Like I was like, I guess left it in his hands. And I've never actually looked underneath it to see what order they're in. Fair <laughs> like, enough, you it leave works. it to the expert, man. Yeah, totally. So you got the MXR uh, the micro amp that, that hits them off. Yeah, that's, that's for, uh, you know, solos. Mm -hmm. And I like the Wawa close to the amp. Like, like a lot of people put it last in the line. Towards the end, yeah. It doesn't have as much of a bite to it. Like, if, I mean, it, it, when I hit the wah-wah, it's a lot louder. Can like, we hear it? Yeah. Uh, so that, that's kind of what...
So it's it's. I want it to like sound like a Stooges record. Yeah, <laughs> where the wah wah is twice as loud as everything else. <laughs> it's it's there. <laughs> trust me. Yeah. Now uh, the the Strymon seems to been on so far. Is that is that kind of an always on pedal? Um, it for the reverb lately it has been. Okay. That's new to me too. That's from this last uh, recording we did for Plastic Eternity. Um, I borrowed one from Johnny Sangster, who records and produces us, and it's I, I needed to get another uh, vibrato pedal, and this one is great. Dual function. So, yeah, so because um, I you know I don't have vibrato on this amp. Yeah. And the reverb on this amp is not great, um, so it I wanted more reverb, and I needed vibrato, so I bought this thing because I used his, and it was like great. Well, the next in line, whether we go top or bottom, are two orange <laughs> boxes. So uh, yeah. Well, I just got given this uh, way cool fuzz from Daredevil in Chicago, and uh, I'm still get, getting to know it a little bit. It's based on kind of a hot rodded uh, super fuzz, okay. kind of inspired by by Ron from the Stooges. Yeah, you're kind of getting into uh, Mark's territory there with the super fuzz. Yes, yeah, I'm not. It probably won't stay in my board all the time. I have an empty space here because I usually have uh, the Overdrive 250. Oh yeah, the and mine, amp. Yeah, and mine died a few nights ago. So. Oh bummer. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I'm trying this out, experimenting with it a little bit, and I bought the Phase 90. Uh, it's the hand-wired fancy one. Yeah. Um, because the person selling it on eBay didn't know it was the hand-wired fancy one. <laughs> <laughs> deal. <laughs> so it's a deal. <laughs> and I use Phaser on a few places here and there. I didn't used to, but I kind of started buying some of the old classic MXR boxes like that. The, yeah. fa the Phaser and the Chorus and the Flanger gets to kind of play around with them. And, and then, then last, the green machine. Yeah, this is the the what the, the blues. What, what do they call it? Tube screamer, turbo tu tube screamer. This one has a good uh, history because uh, Stone Gossard gave it to me. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were doing a little playing around in the studio, and I'd never used one before. I don't know why I'd never used a tube screamer, but uh, I loved it, and it was. A, I've always used the MXR Distortion Plus or the Overdrive 250, and this is way more mid-rangey and gets a different sound that I didn't have. Okay. So uh, he gave it to me and it's been in my lineup ever since. Now, are you using that in conjunction with the Big Muff or the, the micro amp or is that kind of like used? It's used as a separate, a separate? As a separate you know, distortion for different songs. Different and I, I, never, I don't really use the Big Muff and that one together very often. There's a couple places, but you know, it's still kind of the same thing where you know, I'll play it. Steve, I really appreciate you and I uh, appreciate what you've done for music and, and inspired all us guitar players right to pick on. up the guitar and do our thing, man. <laughs> well, uh, thanks. We're talk to Mark. All right, man. All right, we are center stage now with Mark. Mark, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? Real good, man. I, I appreciate it. I know we're up against it with time, but we'll cruise through your setup because okay. we need to include you. Talk to Steve. Talk right, to right. you, man. So, uh, He's way more of like in the weeds in terms of gear and like understands this shit better than I do. Well, I we'll find kinda... out. We'll put you to the test. <laughs> Now, obviously, through all of your guys' career, you've used all sorts of guitars, all sorts of shapes, but you're uh, kind of into Gretschland now. Yeah, I've been into, in, the Gretsch has been my main guitar since the, like, 93 or something oh, like really? that. And um, oddly, uh, a rep from Gretsch reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to try our new reissue? And I was like, sure, but, you know, I don't really have any extra money for a guitar and yeah. he was like no no I want to send you a guitar I'm like oh okay here's my address <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is better than the uh, the 91 reissue that I had that I was playing 
And what do you like? Because correct me if I'm wrong. Are these uh, like a dual jet, silver jet? Yeah, it's a dual jet. Okay. Um, it's this one seems to have a little, like a little bit of a chambered thing, like okay. it's like just a little hollow pocket in there that just like works well for I guess resonance. Yeah. You know, a better than my old one. Um, and probably gives you a little less uh, weight on the shoulder and back. Right, right, right. And also, I mean, like initially I just got that other one. It was a silver sparkle one because of Billy Zoom. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Axe man. I want to look like him. <laughs> <laughs> we could only be as cool as Billy Zoom. So what do you got for strings and uh, uh, tunings? The strings are, I believe... Because Steve was saying you went lighter than Yeah, than. yeah, 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 yeah. After reading uh, the um, uh, Black Sabbath biography that Mick Wall wrote, I was like, oh... Maybe these light top heavy bottom strings aren't the way to go. <laughs> <If> Tony did <laughs> Which we'd been doing for years. Yeah. Um, and so I just went, I think they're super slinky, the ones in kind of the Oh, like pink, nined? The pink nine, nine to 42. 42. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is super slinky. Yeah, yeah. Was there an adjustment to that, being so used to the 10 to 52s? Nah. No? Uh, I'm <laughs> not a great guitar player, <laughs> so it was easy. <laughs> no adjustment period. No. Well, uh, what about tunings? I know that uh, as a standard tuning, and in our very early recordings, we did I did slide on stuff, but it was just in standard tuning, and like realized that sounds like shit, and I didn't uh, know really much about stuff. Yeah. So I just, for some reason, I wanted to keep like the top two strings like a like a chord okay. like that, and then the rest of it's like an open A. It's the stupidest tuning ever, because you're actually tuning higher, you know? Put more stress in the yeah. neck. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that, that neck's been fine. It's been doing that for decades now. Yeah, no joke, and probably before you got it too. Someone was yeah. fooling around with things. <laughs> now, what should we know about the amp? This looks like an old friend. That is uh, a Fender Super 6. Bought it a long time ago. Don't even remember what year. Uh, Try it out whenever I can. It's probably the stupidest design combo amp. Why do you say that? Because it's so top heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it 610s or 612s? I'm not it's 610s. With this. Okay. And uh, a friend of mine who works on it said that basically the head is a twin. Ah. Uh, into a super reverb, like six yeah, like cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting too, because they had like the side handles. So I guess at yeah, some it's point got you could wheels. maybe tilt it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we do move on to your pedal board to be expediting uh, the rig here, is that just used for slide stuff? Yeah. Okay. I only use it for slide. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive right into your pedal board. Okay. Obviously, there's fuzz involved. Yes. So, yes. what are you looking for when it comes to a fuzz? Obviously, you're you're well, all different things. To super fuzz, but what sonically are you looking for? Uh. You know, uh, when we first like toured with Sonic Youth. After a few shows in, Lee Ronaldo was like, what are you going for? I'd <laughs> and I, was, I only had the super fuzz at that point. Yeah. And I was like, well, ideally, you know, and I want to be your dog when he plays the opening chords and yeah. it just hangs there and breaks up. I want that sound all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, unfortunately, the super fuzz broke a long, long time ago. And I hadn't really found like a great replacement that works with my other pedals until that uh, Stormer Superfuzz uh, just came through. Stromer, sorry, Stromer. Stromer. Um, uh, it came in the mail uh, 
through uh, the friend of a publicist in Sub Pop, uh, okay. Ake Stromer. But was it unbeknownst to you? Like you didn't know it was coming? No, I got okay. a heads up that two were in the, on the way. Nice. Yeah, and it's great. It's uh, it actually the volume is such that it can be loud and not just scream feedback when you're not playing it. Can we hear it real quick? Sure. And I'm sure you can dial up the sizzle and the burn. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but you know, and it's got like a it's octave real defined. up and, and it yeah, has yeah. a real umph to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You feel yeah, it it's, to push it's great. Off the stage. It's great. <laughs> But my oldest pedal is this one here, which I don't know if, I can't tell if you're old enough. Do you remember the 40? early 90s? Yeah. Do you remember those Ibanez uh, bug pedals? They the, were tiny, kind of remind me of like the, the one I can, com comparable one would be, comparable one would be like those uh, old Dan Electro pedals, the yeah, back talk, super plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weren't gonna yeah. last. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is an Ibanez 60s fuzz, which I think they made for like two years. Uh-huh. And once I realized they were gone, every time I saw one, I bought one. It just, you know, and I had a friend of mine put it in a box, and that's what I've been playing for, like, since then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's the guts of one of those old yeah, yeah, Ibanez yeah, yeah, junk yeah, pedals. Yeah, yeah. Can we hear that compared to this? Sure. Buzz? Super Fuzz doesn't do that. No. <laughs> that is a life of its own. Yeah, yeah, Once yeah, it gets yeah, going yeah, there. Yeah. Man, do you ever, this is such a knucklehead question, do you ever play them together? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, like uh, like in the intro to In and Out of Grace, just so it's got that sustaining thing along with the Super Fuzz, yeah. Okay. I got a question for you. How do you approximate, I don't know, maybe it's not even the set list, but like Kill Yourself Live, that has such a unique... Uh, we, we, we haven't done that for a while, but I was using um, uh, uh, an Earthquaker organizer, oh. you know, to kind of do that intro, that, that kind of organ-ish sound. Didn't quite sound like a Farfisa, but, it, you know, it was the best Ballpark. we could do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cruising through, I see we have another Earthquaker at the top, the big guy there. The yeah, sun. the Sun O. That uh, was also uh, an awesome gift. <laughs> uh, son, son came through uh, Sub Pop and gave three pedals, one to Nick Turner, one to Jonathan Poneman, and one to me. And it, it's an awesome pedal, which I haven't fully, fully dug into. Uh, I mean, right now I'm really underusing it. I'm basically just using it for kind of like the open chord clean stuff. Slight snarl. Yeah. And what do we got uh, the rest of them down in the bottom there? Well, that's a Sabra Cadabra, and it makes me sound like Tony Iommi. Let's hear it. Uh, actually, if I do it like this, it's a little bit more like a... Feel like a pedal like that, you got to play a riff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's kind of my main, just sort of like distortion, overdrivey sort of okay. pedal. Um, next and to that. next to that's uh, 
Valcoder, which is a sort of like a tremolo. If you've got the tremolo turned up, if you've got it turned off, it just sort of sounds sort of like a Supro kind of amp. That's kind of the idea. Um, and with the, it, I just use it for a tremolo, basically for little dogs. All right. And then you got two more cattle and breads over there stacked yeah. on the end. Yeah. What do we, yeah. What and that, that's always on the boost. It's just to give that extra kind of like nice tone to everything. Yeah. Signal charge. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other one's the, uh, the Echoplex oh, yeah. thingy. The Bella Pock. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, Mark, uh, I really appreciate your time. And I uh, know that we got to get out of here and get out of your hair and, uh, get on with the night. But sure. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. 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 And uh, thank you guys All for right. the music you guys made. Until right. next time, everyone.